Hey, AfterBuzzers, we're back for another edition of LA's Finest. McKenna finally gives Patrick a little bit more information. Sid finally tells Warren about the baby. And it looks like we have a dirty cop on our hands, you guys. We're talking all LA's Finest right here on AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome back, AfterBuzzers, for another episode, another two episodes of LA's Finest, uh, episode eight and episode nine. I'm your host, Ashley Allen. Unfortunately, Portia is not here with us today. She is a little bit under the weather, sending you some love and wishes. But we do have a special guest today in studio. Everyone say hello to Miss Jay Taggett. How are you? Hey, hi. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm Happy doing to be here. well. And for those of you who do not know this beautiful face, she is the writer of episode five on LA's Finest. Yes. All right. So we are going to break down everything that's going to happen. We're going to talk about um, episode eight, episode nine. Uh, We're going to get to know Jay a little bit better. We're going to get into our top comments that you guys have left us from last episode. And then we're going to get into some of our favorite top three moments of this season. Um, So far, we're going to do our favorite top three moments of Gabrielle Union uh, this season. And then we're going to get into some predictions on what we think is going to happen for next week. So, uh, first, I want to jump right in. And what were your overall thoughts of episode eight, uh, Dead Men Tell No Tale? Uh, episode eight, I really like this episode. I think, um, as you mentioned, um, some more things are revealed. One of the things that I love about LA's finest is that it doesn't sort of spoon feed you everything. It's yeah. a little more shades of gray. So, you know, one moment you might be, get one aspect of a relationship, and then the next moment you might see the things that takes a complete twist in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit like life like that. Yeah. You know, um, when it comes to kind of revealing things to a partner or a spouse, it's, it's not always all cards on the table mm-hmm. immediately. So as we go you kind of have to buy into the journey um and just be along for the ride you know certain things will be revealed layer by layer and it's I think it's more exciting that way I do too I mean that's what keeps you coming back for more every episode because if you got everything right then and there it's like well what else you know All right, so first, I think we should talk about Miss McKenna and Patrick. Uh, this episode, we see Patrick finally confront McKenna, asking her questions. Who is Dante? What is your relationship? Now he has some receipts. He has yeah. some information to really confront her and see if she's really going to tell him the truth. Uh, at first, she doesn't, of course, because that's McKenna. She never tells the truth yeah. first, right off the bat. Um, but... Uh, you know, again, he's asking her, who is this guy? I know that there's more, and I'm hoping that you're going to tell me the truth, even though I know that there's more to the story. Um, were you shocked? Well, of course, I mean, you're the one of the writers, but were yeah, you shocked that I she think, didn't um, tell him the truth? Not quite. I think it's really interesting to see uh, a detective and, um, you know, interim DA in a relationship together because you get to see um, how they bring their careers into their personal lives, Mm -hmm. you know, even inadvertently. Uh, And uh, to this point, we really see Patrick, he's sort of forging ahead in his career and that sort of thing, not that concerned about his wife. He knows that she has his back, and this is the first time that he really has had his doubts. But, you know, he's not just any man who has his doubts. He is 
an interim DA, so he's going to come with facts. He's really done his homework, yeah. and he's able to kind of confront her with all of this. So I thought that that interplay, you know, was really interesting and something that we wanted to bring out. And then, of course, I mean, McKenna's a cop. Yeah. She's done interrogations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? She's dealt with criminals. She's dealt with all sorts of situations. So she's not going to just you know, give you everything and she's going to protect the things that are most important yeah. to her, which is her family, her husband, her stepdaughter. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what we see and I think it's really exciting. You know, as an audience member, we know some of the secrets already that she's been hiding. We right. know a lot more than Patrick does mm -hmm. and so I think it's really cool to kind of see, um, you know, what's gonna, you know, the stakes are pretty high. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, depending on what she reveals to him and how she reveals it, mm -hmm. she could lose everything. Yeah. We don't know. Um, and so it's kind of an edge-of-your-seat moment, yeah. but also getting to see a little bit from them that we haven't seen before. Exactly. And, of course, you know, he doesn't know that he's that she's trying to protect him, but yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very frustrating to kind of know. Yeah. But then, you know... We, we understand where both of them are coming from. Yeah, and it's a little bit of that feminine energy, right? Because mm -hmm. he gets to come in and, of course, he has to, you know, protect the relationship and, and stand firm as a husband and that right. sort of thing. But she knows what she's protecting him from. Mm -hmm. But you, she kind of has to play that role of protecting him but not letting him know that she's protecting him. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that was really interesting as well. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it because it's very realistic. It's very um, relatable. Yeah. Which is one thing that they <laughs> show is definitely uh, hits a lot of nails on the head where it's really things that we can relate to. Um, I also think um, that Patrick is a little bit in over his head when yeah. it comes to Carlene. Clearly he doesn't know the type of woman that he's dealing with. Um, I think these within these two episodes he's kind of a little bit seeing that but he truly just does not know who she is. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, and that's another interesting thing about the show, is that we're, we're living in the world of bad boys. This is a bad boys spinoff, right? And so there are lots of bad guys, mm -hmm. lots of shady figures that you may not necessarily know mm -hmm. whether or not they're bad or how bad they are. And yeah. so it's it's sort of every interaction, every, every um, you know, introduction to one of these folks, you kind of don't know how far it's going to go and, and how much things are going to unravel. So, yeah, Patrick is really, he's entering into the lion's den. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting as the season goes on to, to sort of see where he ends up. Yeah, and I think that the interesting thing about Patrick and Carlene's relationship um, is that he is... I think a little bit of him is on this power trip, yeah. along with him trying to search for answers, and his emotions are taking over his thinking and being able to be logic mm -hmm. uh, in this situation. Um, so pretty much what's happening in uh, episode eight with Patrick and Carlene, uh, he invites her to his office. He's like, I need to know who this Dante guy is. I need more information. Who is he? How does he know my wife? What is she protecting? Why is she protecting him? And, you know, Carlene, as we've seen, she's she's always there. She has the answers, but at what cost? Right. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Patrick is going to learn the hard way. Yeah. I mean, everything has a price. And, it, you know, Patrick is a smart guy. Yeah. We've seen him, you know, in this episode, we see him kind of flex that muscle a little mm -hmm. bit of that, you know, he's a person who not only can go and do his own research, but he has people at his beck and call to bring yeah. him the information as well. So he does have some resources at his disposal to sort of fight this battle. But on the other hand, he's sort of, you know, 
in the middle of the lion's den with very formidable bad guys. Yeah. So it's really interesting, and you never know what direction it's going to kind of go in. Yeah, I was going to say, like, sometimes when you ask for something, you may not like the results of oh, what you're asking absolutely. for. absolutely. Uh, which is something that we definitely saw. Yeah. Um, and then just to move on to McKenna and Dante. Mm. Uh, McKenna, again, she's putting her neck out on the line for Dante. Yeah. She goes, visits him in jail, yeah. trying to come up with a, a situation, how to, you know, solve this. And Dante's like, I'm not trying to hear none of this. I need to get bailed out. And you and your husband are the one that's going to have to do it for me. Um, and she's like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't ask him to do this for you. And he pretty much says, well, you know, I made a promise to my son that I was going to be in his life. Um, you know, he's been trying to be Team McKenna, but clearly that hasn't worked out for him, which is why he's yeah. in jail right now. Yeah, he's um, looking out for number one right now. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's a it's an interesting moment to see um, Dante kind of take that turn. I mean, initially he sort of came to her for help, and he pushed yeah. her and pulled her, and can you do this for me, and can you help me? And I think, uh, you know, McKenna has reached, she's, she's straddled the line as far as she possibly can. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point she has to say... I can't do this, or this is as far as it goes. Um, you know, of course, I think um, we've, we've sort of seen McKenna as, as a loyal character, so she's going to hold that loyalty as far as she sort of can. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was kind of a pivotal episode of seeing them both have to draw a line in the sand. Yes. You know, so it's a moment. They yeah. had a moment. Do you, let me ask you this. So he told McKenna, if you guys don't get me bail, I'm going to tell everything. I'm going to tell about your mother. I'm going to tell about the robbery, that you were the driver. I'm going to spill all of the tea. Do you, as on the viewer for this episode, do you really think that he would tell? I think you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's hard to, like, I could somewhat put the viewer cap on, but I'm just going to say, as <laughs> as a writer, you never know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. when you say, I'm going to tell everything, what does that really mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think that's a great thing about television and this show in particular is that there's always something else. There's always a twist. There's mm-hmm. always something else to discover. Yeah. And so you never know how far it goes, you yeah. know? Um, and we really do try and, you know, drop the moments one at a time so yeah. that I think the great thing about it's it's just very much like a roller coaster, like a thrill ride, any other thrill ride that you're on, mm-hmm. is that you get to enjoy each moment of that thrill ride. Yeah. So we've seen pieces of the story. Even when you think you know the whole story, there's more to yes. sort of find out. And so I think that threat of I'm going to tell it all is even bigger than you realize you absolutely know? because I mean up until this point when it came to, to McKenna and Dante um, things were pretty steady you know yeah. um, I, I think we kind of had a, a grasp on their relationship yeah. and probably where we thought it was going so this was one of the refreshing moments for this episode in particular for me is that no things took a, an immediate turn and like you said now they've had to draw the line for each other now it's not about protecting Dante yeah. now they have to protect themselves and tense right tense cause you know we've seen that they're they're ex-flames and they have little little yes. tension little is it romantic is it dangerous what is it is it you know Old Bay is coming out of the woodworks yeah. what's gonna happen what's gonna happen but you know at this point 
they both we kind of see them their their priorities are coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. You know, they may have had the old flame situation, but the the moment she put him in handcuffs, you know, right. things had to get real. Yeah. So and like Dante said, he's like, I'm not the 16 year old guy that yeah. you know that I think that you're viewing me as. Like, I'm not that person. Yeah. So and I think that that was a, a a reminder not only to McKenna but to us that yeah. this is not this is not the person that you've kind of been protecting this whole time that he's both of you are different. Yeah, and that's the thing is that you know you have to remember that several years have passed mm-hmm. between when they've been together and also Dante is a person who's been to prison. Yeah, you know what I mean is that of course he you know just as he said when she looks at him you almost see the person that you once knew. You can see no matter how much time has passed, no matter how far you've been from each other you look at him and you see you know your ex boo your old boyfriend but that's not who he is and she doesn't know what he had to experience when he you know since he got inside or when he got out so you know it's it's a good reminder exactly yeah she i'm sure she thought he would never change but uh that's not the case, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. But us here at AfterBuzz, we're not going to switch up on you. We're always going to show you love, and we hope that you guys always show us love. And you can show us love by helping us continue to be the ESPN Talk of TV. And by doing that, you can subscribe to all of our YouTube channels. And if you are in the car and driving, of course you can't watch us on YouTube. We are on iTunes, so that means subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes. And uh, if you leave a nice comment, we might even give you a special shout-out on our episode. So make sure that you guys go like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Give us five stars. And uh, thank you again for making us the ESPN of TV Talk. All right, so let's get into episode nine, which is Dangerous Minds. Um, How did this episode make you feel? I, I was frustrated. I was angry. I was... A lot of different emotions in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think um, what I like about this episode is that you get a little bit of a different flavor. I think I'm always a fan of a of a of a good heist, of a good party scene, of a good Ocean's yeah. Eleven type of moment. So I think we start to get into that territory. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's what I kind of appreciated about about this moment. Yeah. So with in episode nine. Um, we finally get to see the true story of what happened with McKenna and Nico's mom and that situation. Last week, I kind of had uh, my thoughts. I thought McKenna actually was the one that shot her mom, but it was revealed to us in this episode that Nico was actually the one that picked up the gun uh, and uh, ultimately uh, killed their mother, um, which was another kind of a refreshing yeah. thing for me. Um, the person that she's been trying to protect this whole time actually ended up protecting her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a shift in kind of like the big sister, little brother mm-hmm. dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I guess I'll get into this when, when we get into predictions um, and how I think Nico is kind of viewing his sister. I yeah. think that he's maybe stepping into the role of trying to protecting and handling some things himself. And I think that it may not be going his way. Again, I'll get into this when we talk about <laughs> predictions, um, what did you what did you think about that whole? Um, I really. 
really like that reveal, and I'll tell you why. It's it's kind of to my earlier point about one layer at a time, one layer at a time, yeah. because I think we we kind of tell what we need to know in that moment, and mm-hmm. I think if you're only focused on who did it, who did it, who did it, you kind of lose sight of certain things. Yeah. You know, I think previously it was important um, to kind of have a moment when we think about what's on the line for McKenna. Mm-hmm. You know, how does she feel about this man who's come back into her life? How does she feel about her family situation? You know, so we had an earlier episode where we saw young McKenna, you know, um, going into her her teenage home and, and yeah. dealing with her little brother. And so we we kind of needed to be able to focus on that and just see it on its own for a moment exactly. and kind of understand that the family dynamics that were happening there. And then, of course, there was another a later episode where we saw a glimpse of this scene, yeah. um, but didn't exactly know who did it because what we really needed to know at the moment was to see that relationship between McKenna and Dante yeah. and see McKenna in Jeopardy and kind of see what was on the line for them at that moment. Yeah. Um, but I think here, of course, we get the reveal of who did it and what happened and that sort of thing. So it kind of allows us a chance to kind of uh, live in each of those moments yeah. and kind of see where they are emotionally. Yeah. I think with that, with this situation in particular, with um, this being revealed, I think what I took away from it is that McKenna literally has been playing the protector her entire mm. life. So in my eyes, I'm kind of thinking like taking the past and taking where they are now. McKenna has always been so worried about everyone else. I don't even know if she's taken the time to protect herself, mm-hmm. to deal with her old emotions and things that have happened her in her past. She's always been in, in protection mode. I don't I don't even mm-hmm. know if she really takes care of herself. Yeah, so much. Well, you know, it's interesting because when you think about um, the things that McKenna gave up in terms of an old life or in terms of a past, um, she mortgaged all of those things to get new things, you know, to have the new life, to get the things that she thought would would be fulfilling, Mm -hmm. you know, which is this new family and this new career. And you have to think about, I, I mean, even what it means to be a detective and a cop and that sort of thing is that honor and loyalty and that status and that reputation that she so desperately wanted, you know, and she has that now. Yeah. And so she's able to kind of get that, but it comes at a cost, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we also see in this episode, which was a very entertaining scene in particular for me, uh, Sid, Duval, and McKenna, uh, they go to this party. It's hey. Duval's party. <laughs> you know, he's, all the top drug dealers are there. Yeah. They're having a good time, dancing, smoking, drinking, all that good stuff. And uh, Sid is actually um, recognized by one of her old um, partners when she was undercover. Um, First of all, their outfits. I I love the line of when Ben said, you guys look like, I think he said you guys look like glittery Power Rangers or something like that. Like, I love, like, the subtle pieces of comedy that this show throws in there. It's hilarious. And then, of course, the the women versus the men thing. That never gets old. I love it. Yeah. Bad boys, Um, man. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, but they're in the party. They're all there, um, undercover, trying to keep an eye out, of course, to do the drug bust. And uh, lo and behold, things do not go as the team plans. Mm. There's no drugs. Yeah. There's no drugs there. Surprise, and surprise. Sid, <laughs> actually, this is the perfect opportunity for her to get back in the game undercover. I'm I'm scared. Mm. I, I'm very worried. Um Specifically because we have someone who's recognized her from the past. I think if she was able to go in there and create a new identity or just pick up some information. But now she's she's back, if not, you know, 
she, I feel like she's in more deep end than she was yeah. in the past. Which is always the case. You know, there's always going to be a risk. There's <sighs> always going to be a risk. You know, Sid is somebody who came from the DEA. Yeah. She's worked undercover before. So, I mean, on the uh, on the other hand, she's, you know, kind of been do- dealing and, and training and preparing for this her whole life. These yeah. situations, I'm sure, you know, in her, in her past, in her past that we imagine she might have been in sticky situations like this before. Mm. So, I'm sure she has has the skills to kind of find her way out of it yeah. or maybe not you know because on the other hand like these are some of the the baddest dudes yeah. <laughs> you know in the world who who are kind of at this party and in this environment and who she's exposed to now but that's the thing I mean if you're somebody who's undercover you never know when you're gonna get made when you're gonna get exposed yeah. so yeah it is a scary situation but it, it should be or it wouldn't be exciting exactly no I definitely think that she can handle it without a doubt but I don't I don't know if I necessarily think that McKenna is 100% ready for what mm-hmm. she's about to get into. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly if if she's ever gone undercover before, but mm-hmm. to get thrown into a situ- in an ongoing situation. Yeah. Um I'm like I don't I don't know if McKenna yeah. is 100% ready. Well, you know what I love about them as a pair is that you have this interesting thing where Sid is her personality is very sort of um real what you see is what you get yeah. and very t- she'll say whatever's on her mind Dominate. even when it's inappropriate, but in her career she had this experience as somebody who had been undercover who had had an assumed name and that sort of thing. You know, Nancy McKenna has this career where she is a cop she's a straight shooter she you know she's what you see is what you get in her yeah. career but in her personal life she's been living this this complete double life you yes. know who we thought she was is not who she really At is all. and so it, it's kind of like McKenna is undercover in her personal life yeah. versus Sid who's used to being undercover professionally and so that may be a skill that they can use but oh. I think in the meantime it's really interesting to see um, these two women who are kind of polar opposites of each other have to pull each other through that yes. so they're going to need each other oh, you know? absolutely and I, I think you know from the past episodes uh, last few episodes in particular we've definitely see their relationship has grown stronger. Yeah. They're definitely starting to trust each other now. Yeah. Open up with each other um, about personal things and yep. things for work, which I think is going to make them stronger is what is definitely what needs to happen, especially yeah. at this point where things are really getting real. Yeah. They have to be able to trust each other. Yeah, and it's the right time, right? Because on day one of their relationship, there's no way that they could pull something like this right. off. There's no way that they could kind of escape safely yeah. <laughs> and get the information that they need to get and move forward in their investigations just because, um, you know, we've seen them grow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this Duval cat, um, I think he's going to be a little bit more dangerous than I was anticipating. He's mm. He just does not seem all the way there. He's a little bit off his rocker. Yeah. He's one, you know, one minute he feels this way, one minute he feels that way. Yeah. So uh, I think this is going to be very interesting. Um, we did learn that, uh, like I said, the, the drugs were not there when the party got um, busted up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carlene was actually behind that. Mm-hmm. She's working her way back in, trying to get his trust again. And uh, she actually made him feel better, saved mm-hmm. him because it would have been bad. Um, then we also see Sid and Warren. I love their relationship. They're so cute together. Of course, he's attractive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um 
And we finally see a very, very vulnerable moment with Sid, uh, which I've been waiting for. And it's her revealing to Warren that, you know, this isn't just about what he did to me. This is about what Knox took from me. And she finally reveals to him that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of trying to read his reaction. Hmm. His reaction, I felt like I'm trying to figure out if he knew that there was a baby because he didn't really hmm. seem too shocked. Yeah, it's another one of those cop things. <laughs> you know, they can kind of wear a game face when they need to. Yeah. And of course, Warren is played by the amazing Laz Alonzo, who yes. is who's given us everything mm-hmm. in this episode. And so I um I kind of like the mystery of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's um because I think we kind of assume when a baby is lost that it's going to be this cliche thing where everybody's weeping and wailing yeah. and, and, you know, cards on the table. But that's not what we get here mm-hmm. because we have to remember who these people are every day and, like, yeah. the game that they're used to playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's something where it's a little bit open to interpretation. But I think the biggest thing to read is that um, he's not in a situation where he can always give that up, you True. know, give up what he's feeling and, and where he's going with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and, and we get to see a little bit more from Warren um, in this episode. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's um it's a little bit of food for thought in yeah. terms of um, who he has to be in this situation, despite this very serious and horrible thing that happened. Yeah. He, even in this moment, he can't give everything up. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I guess we're seeing why, because yeah. uh, Warren may not be the person that we thought. Nobody ever is. <laughs> <laughs> but why him? Mm. But I love that it's him, though. Yeah. It has to be him. The the one person that she loves and trusts, the mm-hmm. one person that she's finally letting back into her life. Yeah. Uh, he has some secrets of his own mm-hmm. with Miss Carlene. Uh, it wouldn't be fun if there were no secrets. True. Secrets, you know, secrets keep it spicy. Yes, and it's just like I don't know. I I, I just felt like were you were you wishing and hoping? Were you expecting a reconciliation? I was. You know, I was off into the sunset. Yes, I was like arm at arm. Yes, I was like this. Finally, someone Mm. who's gonna have Sid settle down, Mm. um, give her some peace in her life because she's had turmoil with her partner, with her dad. She just learned that she has a sister. Now she can finally have some feel good in her life. Mm. Um, and it's not him. Well, you know. But again, I that's that's what I love. I, yeah. I love that it's it's the unpredictable parts that make it good. Make yeah. It and I think if there's anything that we get to see from all of this is that, you know, nobody is one hundred percent of anything. <laughs> yes. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, I think that these two episodes definitely gave me what I want. Mm. They gave me a lot of information and tied up a lot of loose ends, but then also also opened up a lot of uh, ends that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think is the interesting and fun part about being a writer. So let us know, how long have you um, been a writer? Um, I, I've been a writer all my life. I mean, I was, um, you know, I was an arts kid and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I come from the feature film world. I started out in independent film. Uh, prior to L.A.'s Finest, I had been in development for a couple of years on a feature at a studio. Um, and so it was really great to kind of step into this world of, um, you know, television, of course, 
as storytellers in any form, yeah. in any setting, it's always exciting to be able to, to knit these stories to, together and, um, you know, and create these characters. So it, it was great to be able to work on this show and, and just use that muscle and, and be in this different world. Because I think, um, you know, television, whether uh, in feature films, whether you're at the independent uh, level or at the at the studio feature level, it's a bit different in how it gets made. Television is so much more of a machine yeah. in terms of all of the folks and all of the voices that are involved and, and just the size and scale of it and how it moves is a bit different. So it's really exciting to kind of be in this environment. Yeah. And I know earlier we talked about uh, the diversity that this show has, not only oh, for with sure. the actors that we see on screen, but yeah. a lot of the cast and crew. So how does it feel to finally be on a set and p- a part of a project where there's so many different faces, colors, Yeah, ethnicities. it's dope. It's dope. I think, um, you know, one of the first days, Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba are both um, executive producers on this project as well as starring in it. And one of the first days that she came in, um, into the writer's room and we had a conversation. She was like, you know, um, I've never seen this many black women in a writer's room. Yeah. You know, um, it, when you look at even the writers, just the writers on the show, um, black folks, women, Latinx folks, Asian folks represented, people of all ages, backgrounds and that sort of thing, which is very hard to do in Hollywood. I think there are a lot of people who play lip service to diversity yeah. and it's it's kind of a buzzy thing right now. But when you look at um, who is actually doing it and how do you do it? Right. Um, not everyone is kind of putting that effort in, uh, but you definitely see it when it comes to um, a diverse set of folks from top down who are putting the show together it was really important to them. Mm. It was a priority for them. It was a priority for the showrunners. So you see that reflected in the writing staff and you certainly see it uh, reflected in the crew uh, when you're walking around. Anybody who follows folks on social media has gotten some of those photos. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's one of those things where you're able to see the value in it in this come out in the storytelling as yeah, well. Absolutely. You know, we don't just kind of do it to do it. Is that what we have to realize is there's benefits to this. There's benefits to different folks, um, you know, contributing to the story. You can get some meteor aspects, some, some aspects that are a little more real mm-hmm. um, in the storytelling, even though it's a bad boys universe and it's crazy and action and soapy drama. Um, you're still able to get some of those moments that really resonate with people, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was it was amazing. It was amazing to be a part of, you know, it's something that you always want to continue on any project that you're yeah. on. No, I definitely agree. I feel like that's what makes brings the characters to life and makes the characters feel more real and relatable when it is authentic. Yeah. And it's coming from a place of authenticity. Um, like, for example, like. Gabrielle, you know, of course, like she's she's great. She brings any character to life. Mm. But again, just like the way that things are written, the timing, um, how things are, you know, said, that all starts with you guys. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, we do what we can, and of course, it's you know, it's it's based on a very successful franchise. But I think what you're able to see with this show in particular is um, you can take that world, you can take the Bad Boys universe and, and make it L.A.'s finest and see, you know, women, two women of color doing things in this universe that is not typically penetrated right. by women of color. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's been interesting to see the response of folks who just aren't used to it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think it's going to take some getting used to because, yeah. um, you know, there's a lot of... Um, there's the action and there's the silliness of it and there's the back and forth 
forth and the jokes being mm. cracked and there's the crazy action, the stuff that would never happen in everyday real life. And I think sometimes women want to see that too. Yeah. You know, and you can't get it everywhere. You yeah. can't get it most places on television. And mm. this is the only show and the first of its kind. Yeah. And so I think that when you bring folks like that to, to put them in the creator role, um, you're able to get more of that. You're yeah. able to expand sort of the boundaries of what we normally see on yeah. television. It brings, I think, a sense of humanity to different characters. Because, yeah, for, for example, sure. like, you know, certain movies, I won't name any, when you <laughs> see women of colors, there's... Um, a stereotype or mm-hmm. a type of role and yeah. the thing that I love about LA's Finest is you have two people of color who are just people and are yeah. just women living a life telling a story. Yeah. That's that's real. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I and having that. fun. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, you, you've had a hard day, you've had a long day and you just want to come, you want to turn off and you want to see somebody get shot or get beat up right. or, you know, say what's on their mind, which is not, you know, okay to say. Or and you Sid, get Sid Burnett. Sid have her you know, moments. Just marching through the world, you know, setting fires, lighting stuff on fire, yes. stealing fentanyl, and you know. dating everybody, having fun, yeah. being single. Sid doing Sid. Yes. That's what we need sometimes. We need that. I I applaud that. (laughs) Um, So what advice would you give to someone out there who's saying, I want to be a writer? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that that's something that can start at home? Do they need to be in a big city like New York or L.A.? How do they get that start? You know what's wild? I think um, it's always interesting, like, the whole advice thing, trying to give people advice. Anytime you make it anywhere in the entertainment business or or anywhere in life, people are always asking you for advice. Anytime you're aspiring, people are always trying to give you advice. (laughs) I'm a proponent of... um, people kind of walking their own path and I'm yeah. also sort of old school I'm a film school brat um, all my degrees are in this in in the screenwriting and production thing I haven't done anything else I'm not somebody who was like an accountant or a lawyer or something else before this yeah. this is kind of where I live yeah. but that was my path and so I wouldn't necessarily um, advise that to anyone else I would say you know first and foremost study your craft obviously yes. uh, but what that looks like for you and for anyone is going to be different right Exactly. is that there are some folks who go to film school. There are some people who just have a ton of life experience, especially in television. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stories that you're telling in the writer's room that become pitches, that become story, that become episodes are things that you're pulling from your own personal experience or from articles that you've read yes. or from other television that you've watched that just inspired you and sparked something else. And so I think it's really important to obviously, one, study your craft, know story, structure, tone, character, all that good stuff, mm-hmm. but know yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And know what is your personal story and your perspective in the world and what makes you different and your voice, you know, stand out. Why is it that you're the person to tell this particular story that you've chosen to tell and why nobody else can tell it but you? And I think everybody has that. You know what I mean? And I think the big um, sort of fallacy of this industry is that, you know, it has to be a certain way. You have to work your way up in a certain way or come Mm -hmm. up a certain path or else your path is not valid. And I just don't think that's true. There's yeah. more television being made than ever before. Yeah. There's room for absolutely anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, get in there. Yeah. I always just say, just do it. Yeah. You don't need anybody's permission. Yep. Or anyone's uh, um, co-sign. Yeah. Just do it. When you like move, you said, Providence learn moves your, too. Yes. Just <laughs> learn your craft and you will find your way. For sure. If you really want it, you will find your way. 
Absolutely. So I love that. All right, so let's get into a little bit of uh, you were the writer for episode five. Yep. Uh, what were some of the, your favorite moments? From you know, episode? it was dope. It was dope. I wrote um, two episodes of this season, episode five and episode 12 that's coming up towards the end of the season. Some yes. Exciting stuff coming along. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, I, there was a lot to like about um, five, a lot of fun that we got to have. I love the Baines McHugh. I love seeing everybody take Domino's. a moment to just... Um, you know, get out there and sit playing dominoes yes. and slapping it down on the table and beating all the big, you know, fellas. Yeah. Um, I think we saw a really amazing moment with Izzy and just um, mm. sort of her vulnerability. Yeah. I mean, it's been simmering, you know, for a lot of episodes, but we finally sort of see it break in this episode and her kind of come out with it. Um, I think that was just an amazing scene. And I think yeah. even looking at that scene of just her and Nancy, like, riding up to that spot in the middle of the road where mm-hmm. she lost her mother was so powerful. And it also reminds me of just how collaborative television is. I remember us talking about that scene in the writer's room. Um, and then, of course, when the director, um, he tells this story about when he was on the plane and he was reading the script and tears came to his eyes and he had this vision for how he was going to shoot it and it came out amazing. And then, of course, when Jessica Alba um, came to, to the scene, she had her own ideas about how they were going to do it and that sort of thing. And so you see layer by layer of every person um, on a television show who contributes to to what the final thing is going to be. I feel like that scene is just such an amazing uh, example of that. It's one of my favorite scenes um, this season. Yeah, it's it's amazing and I think it, it takes a lot of really creative minds and a really um, uh, really uh, talented, amazingly talented people to kind of bring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, something to navigate, I think, tone-wise, right? Because there's also a, a, a brutal, brutal murder that happens in the middle of the episode. Yeah. Um, but I think it was important for us to tell that story, right? Because we had um, a trans murder victim who's mm-hmm. who's the center of the episode, not giving anything away for those who haven't seen it yet. Um but it's something where it's that particular case it gives you an opportunity to sort of go into the life of um, the victim yeah. and sort of see what their everyday and what their experience was. It's a window into, you know, when you're a cop and you're doing an investigation, you kind of get a window into what that person's everyday experience mm-hmm. was leading up to the crime. And so it allows us to see that. But there are also um, some very deep parallels with Nancy McKenna's life and the past that she left behind and the way that the layers of her identity were sort of stripped away in a similar way to um, the way that the victim sort of changed their physical um, their physical attributes so there was a lot um, to kind of grapple with in the episode and a lot to navigate tonally Uh, but I think it's also interesting too because you have um, you know brutal murder deep deep drama some actiony elements. We have a shootout. We have a live There's octopus. So we have somebody get killed. We have a big fun barbecue um, with an amazing invitation to the barbecue featuring Dwayne Martin's face that I designed, yeah. <laughs> which is very cute. But here's the thing. I think um, it's a lot, right? And there are highs and lows, and it takes you everywhere. But I think one that's a fun of yes. LA's finest that yes. you get in the show. But I think it also reminds you of the reality of cops sometimes too, mm-hmm. which. 
which I think um, a lot of folks forget, you know. Um, and it's it's funny because one of our um, one of our writers is a, a veteran, uh, over twenty year veteran with the NYPD. We also had um, some detectives who were consultants oh, cool. on the show as Very well. Cool. So when you go the cop work, it does check out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's all sound. Of course, there are going to be some liberties that you take as a writer. It is TV, so there are going to be some things that you push and stretch and make more fun. Yeah. Uh, but generally, the cop work is sound. And I think one of the things that came out in this episode is the fact that um, you know cops they build this veneer of just toughness because yeah. they're seeing the most horrendous things every day. Mm-hmm. They're they're putting their lives in danger every day, and they're seeing some of the most brutal crimes. These yeah. are these are you know robbery homicide detectives as well. Right. So they're not just any detectives or any cop on, cops on the beat. Yeah. You know they're dealing with some of the most brutal stuff, and they develop this veneer, and they also develop this ability um, to to not let it phase them mm-hmm. and not let it penetrate. Put so they can mask. be standing over yeah, they can be standing over a dead body telling jokes and that right. sort of thing and it's something that happens. Yeah. You know, in real life and it's not something that happens out of disrespect, but it's it's something that happens out of resilience that they have to have mm-hmm. to be able to do the job. So it is a real thing to see them go from, you know, interviewing a victim who is crying on the edge of tears and can't hold it together or seeing a dead body to going to a barbecue yeah. and having a fun time because they have to. You have to put your emotions aside. Um, yeah, so it's something that we're able to to do with the show and, and it was, you know, something that's good to do and I think um, a, a cool reminder to kind of, um, you know, we're doing it, of course, in the L.A.'s finest crazy way, right. uh, but it's something that, of course, is rooted in reality. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I must say, one of my favorite moments from uh, the barbecue was uh, when Dwayne Martin was like, listen, Mm-hmm. We black people, we don't do this. Hey. We don't, we hey. don't slam <laughs> bottles and stuff. Those are the moments that I love. They are hilarious and they're true. And again, because we have different ethnicities, different people on the show, you those are the moments where yeah. you kind of get an insight yeah. into different people. We were talking about life. the moment when um, Izzy and she uh, the bottle. yeah, Izzy McKenna and Justice <laughs> Baines they sneak away in the middle of the barbecue yes. and they're doing some things they don't have any business doing. And we see, you know, of course we see. Patrick and uh, Ben Baines catch them and mm-hmm. pull each of their kids aside for a conversation. But yeah, I I think that was something that rang true to me as a writer. Yeah. Um, just culturally, of course, there's a difference, but there's also a difference between um, you know a regular detective and somebody right. who is in the DA's office and has all of these exactly. powers. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, Bane's son can't do what the McKennas do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's there's love we could call out the privilege, but you know, <laughs> there is a level that of privilege that does exist. Exactly. Um, with just Patrick being in that position, there are things that Izzy can do that every old kid cannot do. And yeah. so, you know, Baines has to pull him pull his son aside and say, listen, it's 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 color, it's class, it's, you know, it's job, yeah. it's function, and, and kind of talk some sense into his son. So yeah, that was yeah. a that was an interesting um, moment to kind of to kind of see. Um, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of juice in there, a little yeah. bit of drama in there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's truth. All right, so I I appreciate you for coming and hanging out with me today. Oh, thanks so, so much for having me. Lonesome. Yeah. But before we close out the show, we do have a couple more things that we want to touch on. I think first, let's get into our top comment. Our top comment of fan. Mm. We have Mister um, Moni Two K Six. Um, they left a really nice message. So 
They said, I also thought Carlene was Knox when she was first introduced. I'm thinking that Nancy killed her mom, but maybe it was actually her brother who found the gun in the bag. I can't wait to see what happens next week. Even though the show um, shows a lot of Sid's life, I feel like Nancy's life um, is just as complex, and she holds some deep secrets in her past. I actually don't trust Sid's Mm. old boyfriend. I feel he's a dirty (laughs) cop who probably works for Knox. Well, mm. I think you hit some things right on the head, uh, Mr. Money 2K6. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that. Hmm. I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. But before we get into our predictions, let's give our top three uh, Gabrielle moments of the show thus far. Hmm. Would you like to go first or should I um, go first? I mean, there are so many great Sid Burnett moments. So many. I think... Um, LA's Finest just has, it's been a chance to do some amazing, meaty things with a character that was, you know, supporting in Bad Boys 2. Yeah. You know, did her thing in, in her little white power suit that everybody mm-hmm. remembers from the <laughs> film. But, you know, um, there's so much more that you get out of her yeah. um, from this show. And even from the moment that we first see her in the show, she's something completely different, even at this point in the season. And there are all these other aspects to her character. Um, so I think I definitely love the moment in the NICU. Um, it, you Ooh, know, an episode, one. yeah, an episode four where she's, you know, she's holding the babies because it it shows us a different side. You yes. know what I mean? It's not only, you know, giving us a little bit of her past, that mm-hmm. actually revealing a little bit of what happened to her, what she went through, and the trauma that she experienced. Um, but it's also showing a little bit more of a tender side and the fact that she can extend that to somebody like Walker. That when he's going through this trauma, she knows what he's been through and right. she's able to help him. You know, partner to partner, cop to cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You, you kind of get a lot from within a very simple scene. So that was one of my favorite moments written by the amazing Andrea Thornton Bolton. Uh, and then what else, what else, what else? I think also early in the season we see Sid um, go into a Catholic church. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's another moment where we see a different side of Sid because she's somebody who's been a lone wolf. You know, mm-hmm. she starts out by herself, of course, um, throughout the course of the season we're seeing her develop her team. She's rekindling her relationship with her father. She's building her relationship with her partner. She's got the bins on her side. She's got yeah. Warren in her corner. But when she starts out, she's really a lone wolf. She doesn't necessarily have those folks yeah. or even know how to connect with the folks in her life. Mm-hmm. And so seeing her kind of do things in those quiet moments, in those off moments, where does she go for comfort? Um, and we sort of see that when she visits the church. Um, so I think that's interesting and to know that she does know some scripture yeah. as well that, you know, when the, when the priest comes to her and is spitting it out she can run it right back to him Um, so I thought that was interesting and then of course um, in in my episode episode 5 I gotta say I love seeing Sid play dominoes and you know slam things down and take people's money you know ripped ripped from real life there when she's taking on those guys and I think it's just um, such an expression of of who she is as a character Um, we always talk about like character defining moments as writers you know when you're telling somebody who a character was what is an action that they would take and Mm -hmm. I think seeing Sid 
at this um, barbecue, you know, beautiful skyline overlooking in the yeah. middle of the day, um, sitting at this table full of big burly dudes and taking them all on and taking every last one of their yeah. You know, it's such a defining moment of who Sid is. Yes. It tells you everything you need to know about Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you. I love the, the dominoes um, scene mm-hmm. with Sid. Uh, it just it reminds me of home. Yeah, it reminds me of some you know some moments I've had on the table myself. Yeah, um, and she feels like a real person. Yeah, you know even again in a crazy crazy universe Absolutely. where you have really bad guys walking around. You have cops doing things that cops aren't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Every now and then you get a moment where they really feel like real people. Yes, um, another one of my favorite moments. Um, Anything with Sid and Arlo. Like, I love their Mm. back and forth. I love their banter. Um, And then I would say my number three favorite moment was actually a small moment um, in episode, I believe it was nine, uh, where Sid goes and asks her dad for permission to keep going after Knox. Mm. Um, I love that moment because I love seeing them finally connect. She's showing him some trust, some tender moment between those those two. Um, So I really, really like that. Uh, really quickly before we get out of time, let's go into some predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. All right, what do you think is going to happen next? Well, I don't here's know if the that, thing. Is that a fair question to ask you? It's it's really not because <laughs> clearly I've been writing on the show yes. and I know what's going to happen next. But I will say it's always fun to see like what other people sort of think. You know, as a, as a viewer, kind of made the comment of who they think you know Knox is and who yeah. they think is dirty. I think um, again, one of the things that I love about the show is that it makes a point that no one is 100% one thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that makes a case for, you know, we were talking about Warren and riding off into the sunset with him, but now he's dirty, so it all falls apart. But I think, um, you know, stories are not final in that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Nobody is one thing. Nobody is 100% good or bad, even in our daily lives. I yeah. mean, we just see it here in a much more dramatic way. Yeah. So there are going to be some people who you trust, who mm-hmm. have done terrible things. You yeah. know what I mean? Can they be redeemed can he come back we're gonna see you know um i think all of the suspicions of who is the big bad guy (laughs) and what what's gonna go down at the end i think um one thing that i will say for certain is that whatever you believe is going to happen there can always be a twist ah that's no fair but i live it though um, no, I definitely feel like we're going to learn more about Warren. Uh, I don't even know if he's going to make it out of the season alive. I'm just mm. going to leave it at that. All we'll right. See. We will see what happens. Thank you so much for joining us oh, here. Oh, thank you so West much. TV. And I will say for those who are interested in that sort of thing and in, in following the show and, and where it's going to go and all their predictions and want to weigh in, they should also follow the show on social media. LA's yes. Finest TV. At LA's Finest TV, you can see what's going on. There's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's Instagram stuff. Um, people who haven't checked out the show yet can go to Spectrum Originals and see it there. Yes. Um, if anybody is interested in finding out what I am up to, I'm very easy to find. Yes. Everywhere on the internet. <laughs> I have a very unique name, uh, which is easy to spell and easy to Google. I'm Jay Tigett. Uh, and I'm at J Tiget on everything. Oh, awesome. And you guys know where to find me, your host, Ashley Allen. And make sure you go follow Portia, Portia Carter. Yes. She's on all social media as well. And until next time, make sure you keep it locked right here on AfterBuzz TV. We'll see you next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.